She's April. And she's Molly. And we are the Book Besties. Like, I feel like I'm shaped like Dr. Eggman from Sonic. Bell bottoms are coming back. I'm super stoked about that. That's how you got into my bedroom. You walked through beaded curtains. (laughs) That's fun. I love D&D. That magical moment of a first kiss. There was a lot said about Molly Johnson back in the day. Marriage. It's not for everyone. (laughs) Teenage hormones, which are rough. I I think you're right. Um, I actually, you've changed my mind. Hey, lady, look at you looking all cute today. I got that red lips going on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Great. I feel like we look opposite today because you're like all dark and I'm all like light. (laughs) Which is hilarious because I am the opposite of emo. Like, this is my spirit color, right? Like, this is a Molly vibe. (laughs) And and the truth be told, I was too old to really be emo, but I'm still an emo kid. You're emo in your soul? It's Yes, my soul is purple in shades of gray. (laughs) (laughs) And mine is neon green. (laughs) Uh, So, I got in a big argument with Matt. A couple oh, days ago. What did you guys get an argument about? Um, so we're remodeling the front room. We're enclosing it. So the, it's a homeschool room for the girls. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I'm trying to explain to him why we need pocket doors in there. And okay. he's trying to tell me that it would just be easier to do a barn door, which that's not our aesthetic. Right. And I'm like, trying I'm to explain in- to- I mean, but he's not wrong. A pocket door is, speaking for some, from someone whose father owned a door and trim business, like, yeah. pocket doors are not easy to put in. But we're hiring someone to do it. I'm not asking him to do the work. They're going to charge you more. It's They're- going to be more expensive. It's just ugly. I don't like it. it I don't like it. So I, I caught okay. him into it. And <laughs> well, that's a different problem. <laughs> so... He's looking through, like, the prices of these pocket doors. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I found pocket doors. They're really inexpensive. They're, like, $50 a door. And I was like, they're paper thin. Wasn't yeah. the whole point of having this room enclosed is that it's a quiet, calm room for the kids to do homeschooling Oh, in? I was going to say, if you didn't really care about, like, the weight, you could just, like, hang a curtain rod and throw a curtain right. up there. But or, like, it- or, like, ooh! You remember, like, how in the 90s, they, they, like, beaded curtains from the 70s made a comeback. <laughs> oh my you God. could straight up have beaded curtains for your homeschool room. <laughs> That's how oh you got God. into my bedroom. You walked through beaded <laughs> curtains. <laughs> oh, the 90s. No. Oh, the 90s. And now yeah. the things from the 90s are making a comeback. And, like, I'm like, well, we stole some of our stuff from the 70s. 70s so, so here we are. Like, just, you know. Bell bottoms are coming back. I'm super stoked about that. I just want kids to shut up about my side part and my skinny jeans because I, it took me a lot to work up to even wearing skinny jeans I'm a big girl. Just leave my skinny jeans alone and I'm going to rock a side part until I die because I am. It's just going to happen. I don't think I ever wore skinny jeans. I think I bought one pair and I was like, I don't like these. And I stopped. Well, and I've always parted my hair like cockeyed, so... Well, I have, like, a weird body shape where I have, like, really, like, a big belly, but, like, I have no ass, and then, like, I have long legs, and they're not, like, I don't have big legs. Like, I, I, like, I feel like I'm shaped like Dr. Eggman from Sonic, which is... You are describing (laughs) my body. (laughs) 
Although skinny jeans work for me because they like, you know, they actually make me. they make me look like I have some shape or I don't right. really have shape. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, husbands, right? Husbands. I don't know. Yours is our editor, so I can't really complain too much about yours. <laughs> well, he did tell me today that if he weren't editing our podcast, that because he has so much stuff on his plate, he would have unfollowed us, which was like tragic. Rude. Rude. Yeah. Like, Rude. You're our editor. We give you a shout out every week. And like, I'm your wife. You should support these random weird things I want to do with my friends. <laughs> like, Rude. I support his D&D game that he plays virtually with all his friends every Monday night. That's like, fun. I love D and D. I do not. I played. You don't get it. I played it one time with Tom. One time, I spent the entire day developing my character. Okay, I was like really into. It. I was like, I was gonna have this very clear story, and I can't remember like what my like race was, but I was basically uh-huh. like uh, a combo of two things, and like I really cared about nature was like a big part of it, and like the scenario that Tom created for our game was that there was like some creature tied up in an arena mm-hmm. and what do you do? And I'm like, I freed him while well, the creature killed me. <laughs> I was like, that was my very first move. And I was like, okay, never playing this again. <laughs> never playing again. I'm all done. The storyteller in me loves D and D because you get yeah. to the path of the game, right? Yeah. And- you might, you might like this new game we just got for the kids. Um, and we've played it once so far. Um, it's called, uh, say no to evil or no evil or something like that. Um, I'll put a, a link below. Um, yeah. Because it's basically D&D, but five-year-olds can play it. It's nice. really easy. Um, and Sam could play it. And um, and that was fun because I was playing with the kids. And Tom was yeah. loving it because he was like D&Ding with us. Dungeon I, mastering. Yeah. When I'm like, no, fuck that. I'm not playing that game ever again. <laughs> well, anyway. Husbands. Marriage. I, I'm frequently. Marriage is hard. I, I don't fre- care if you're married to a man or a woman. Yeah. Marriage is hard. I frequently quote Monica when she is like listening to Chandler spout off all these different like advertisement um, proposals. And she's like, marriage, it's not for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Been there. <laughs> All right, so this week, episode 13, we are talking about 13 Reasons Why by Jay Asher. Which, BT Dub, besties, we totally didn't plan that. That just lined up magically. Well, I mean, you know, the band books, gods aligned and it worked out. Um, So for those of you who have been following this, you know what we're doing right now. It is the month of September and this is our last week in September and we have been covering banned books all month. So we've covered mm-hmm. five. This will make number five. So we started with To Kill a Mockingbird and then we did um, uh, Looking for Alaska and then Drama and then last week we had All American Boys and this week we're doing Which was a good episode. Why. I enjoyed that episode. I thought so too. Record. I honestly, like, this month has definitely not been our, our normal... Chipperist like, and right. fun. Yeah, it's not been, like, witty banter that we get and, like, not really us getting into a lot of, you know, book fights. Like, this is us getting, like, Next week will be great then for that because we're going to do Frankenstein next week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm currently reading it. I'm not, I'm not finished yet, but I am reading it. Um, uh. So, um... 
yeah, so we've been doing banned books and talking about the process of banning books and um, librarians who are fighting against banning books like me, um, parents who are fighting against it like Molly, um, writers who are fighting against it like Molly, but also like John Green, um, whose book... Who's, who's a little bit more relevant to this conversation. <laughs> whose book, Looking for Alaska, people were labeling it pornography. and um, it Child was- pornography is one article right. I read. Right, right. Uh, the last episode, or sorry, the episode that had Looking for Alaska, which was episode two of this month. Um, so I guess that was episode nine, 10, yeah, something like that. Um, uh, episode 10. I put a link to the videos where he talks about what it felt like being having a banned book and all that. So now we're going to read 13 Reasons Why. We're going to talk about 13 Reasons Why by Jay Asher. We should have a trigger warning. This book talks a lot about suicide. Right. And um, death and mostly just suicide. There is sexual assault and suicide in this book. So if that's triggering for you, maybe skip this episode because we are going to have a big conversation about this. Right. The premise of the book surrounds a girl who has killed herself. And um, if that is triggering for you, please feel free to skip this episode. Like Molly said, there's sexual assault that occurs in here as well. Um, We don't want to make anyone uncomfortable. I don't think you should ban the book because of that uncomfortability, because I do think it's an important story to tell. However, um, if you are troubled by that, if it's going to worry you, just go ahead and skip to the next episode. Just, right. just skip this it's, one. We're, we're okay, babe. We're fine. We're, fine. we're okay. And we understand. Um, right, right. So I'm going to give a little recap of this book. So uh, this was actually my third time reading it. Um, I enjoyed it less this time than I did the other two times. My second read, same. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what happened between those times. We're more grown up. Exactly. That's what happened when we're more grown up. Uh, I read this book for the first time while I was teaching high school English in Tampa, Florida. We had a hurricane day and this book was on the teens reads list. So Florida has a, a, um, the Florida Library Association has a yearly teen reads list where the kids actually vote Uh on the books. Um, And this was one of them on the book list. And um, we had a, was it a book they enjoyed? Right. Like, yes. Okay. So it was, they vote on the books that they enjoy and then makes the teen reads list. And um, I usually like to read the books on those lists so that I can, you know, tell my students more about them. So we had a hurricane day. So I checked the book out from the school library and took it home and I just read it in one day, which was an interesting take on it because the book takes place in one day. Well, in one night, um, essentially. Uh, the second time I read it was in preparation for the series on mm-hmm. Netflix, which we'll talk more about later. And then I read it this time as well. Um, and I'm a lot older now. I am almost 40. And the first time I read it, I was probably 25, 26. Yeah. So you related like more to the teens than you do now. I don't know if that's you- the case, but I was teaching the teenagers then. And so like, I felt like, you know. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, what is this book about? So this girl, Hannah Baker, is a high school student and um, she commits suicide. She t- swallows a bunch of pills and commits suicide. Um, we do know that that's how she did it. It's mentioned twice in the book. They do not go into graphic detail about what pills she took or how long it took her to die or anything like that. Right. It's just she took some pills and killed herself. Um, before killing herself, she, during her... Uh, suicide planning stage she recorded 13 uh sides of cassette tapes which i feel like this book has is not aged well because of the cassette tape thing but right. 
Um, she records 13 sides of cassette tapes uh, with one reason for, for, with one side for every reason of why she killed herself. So 13, Baker's Dozen, there's a nice play on that. Um, and there are 13 reasons why she killed herself. And the tapes are supposed to be passed from person to person, from reason one to reason 13. And if they do not pass the tapes, um, anonymously pass the tapes, there is a second state of, set of tapes that will be released publicly. And there's a lot of things on these tapes that, like, these people are not going to want this to get out. No, for real. So so they've done it so far. Um, Clay Jensen is the main character for all intents and purposes. He is the person that receives these tapes at the start of the book. And then the book is one whole evening from him arriving home from school until the next morning of school of him listening to why Hannah Baker did this. The significance of Clay is that Clay had a major crush liking to Hannah. He really yeah. liked her. He never asked her out. He was very intimidated by her, but he is on this ta- these tapes as one of the reasons why she killed herself. So that's basically the story. Um, we'll go into the reasons while we're discussing it, but this book is banned for many reasons, uh, language being one of them, sexual assault. Um, but the main reason that it is banned is because it depicts suicide. Um, yeah. And of course, that is a trigger for many people. And I understand the want to be sensitive to that. And I think a lot of people think that that gives your kids ideas if they read about suicide. I don't know. Um, I don't know. It's definitely a trigger. If they already have suicidal thoughts, this book might trigger those. But I feel like if your child is having suicidal thoughts, you as a parent should be, I mean, no, you can't always know. You right. can never always know. We don't right. know everything about everyone in our lives. Right. But I feel like if this kicked that off for your kid, they were right. already on the edge. Well, the interesting thing about this story, and I'm going to compare it because we both watched the show Glee. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to compare it to uh, there's an episode where uh, Karofsky, who's kind of a, a bad dude in Glee, uh attempt suicide and his suicide attempt happens because people find out that he's gay and it like spreads really quickly. And basically it's just one day. Yeah. Yeah. In one day he, everyone knows he's gay and he can't handle it. So he tries to kill himself. Whereas Hannah, and and of course his parents didn't know that was going on because it happened, it escalated so quickly. Whereas Hannah, Mm -hmm. um, there's mention on her tape. She mentions that uh, her parents were not really able to pay attention to her. They weren't really watching what was going on with her because this, these events that happened to her, they start her freshman year. So I just want to advocate for parents that are listening to this, be involved in your kids' lives. I know that we have our own lives and like, it's not always easy to know all the ins and outs of your kid's day, but check right. in with them. Like I, as their teacher should not m- know more about what's going on with them than you as their parent. Which sadly happens a lot. It does. It does. And it shouldn't, it shouldn't just parent your kids. I'm not saying you have to be a stay at home parent. Um, I'm not a stay at home parent. Um, just know what's going on. I'm a on stay at home parent and I don't always know what's going on. Right. Just do your best because parenting is hard, but you don't want to have to, you don't want to have to wake up one morning and find and let's that let's, her parents found her dead. let's clarify neither of us are blaming you if your child has committed suicide oh, no, that's no, not what we're absolutely no, not absolutely that's not. not what we're saying here we're just saying um 
be present. Be present. That's what we're trying to say. Right. No, uh, I'm definitely not blaming anyone. I think no, suicide I is suicide is the fi- loss and the final battle with your own mind. Like yeah. you are constantly battling 100%. yourself. Um, and the negative thoughts that you that are associated with whatever psychological disorder you have, be it depression mm-hmm. or anxiety, like I, I have anxiety. Um, and that's finally losing that battle. And uh, it's not it, is, it, sorry, go ahead. It's not quitting. It's no. it's not. It's not it's giving just, up. And it's, it's not really a cry for help. I hate it when someone says that was a desperate cry for help. No, nope. That person has been crying for help for a long time. Um, I had a dear friend from high school commit suicide mm-hmm. about six years ago mm-hmm. um the day after his wedding oh my gosh now um those of us that grew up with him knew he was a depressed kid mm-hmm. he grew up um i'm not gonna put his family on blast he grew up in a very different religious upbringing than most of us in town and um he didn't feel seen in his family Uh, Mm -hmm. Then he joined the military and ended up having PTSD from Mm -hmm. his time in the service Mm -hmm. and then didn't get treatment for that. Mm -hmm. And life was hard for him. Yeah. And um, his poor wife. Um, It was traumatizing. And I've said this on one of our episodes before. If we treated mental health like like all health, um, we wouldn't feel like it wasn't okay to reach out for help, to reach out to a doctor, Mm -hmm. to take medication, to be in therapy, um, to take a mental health day when you are just so tired um, and when your anxiety is winning. Um, So anyway, that is all to say, these are things that are encountered in the story. Um, And uh, so we're going to go ahead and talk about it now. Um, It's going to be a rough episode, gang. It's going to be a rough episode. Yeah, like I feel like I just picked books that were like all around like downers and but, I you know did what? not mean that that's but that's the reason they're banned right is because these are conversation pieces for children and parents and parents don't want to have these conversations because life is hard enough mm-hmm. and so they're banning these books right yeah and but, but it, it, these books open those conversations if you're looking about for a way to talk to your kid mm-hmm. these these books will will help with that and right I don't know. Okay, so also I don't either. I don't either. Also, I, I, mean, if I haven't wanna... crossed that bridge yet. I'm there's a good possibility I'm going to be dealing with mental health stuff growing, but that I have mental health stuff. So right. Well, and I mean, like, if you are questioning a book or challenging a book because of the language in it, like because you hear cursing or because there's like sex in it, and you're like, oh, kids shouldn't be exposed to this, and I'm like. Well, what do you think they're exposed to at school? Like, of course, we don't like advocate for them having sex in school. We're not advocating I mean, for that. We talked about last. We talked during uh, episode eleven. My kindergarten, my first grader, was exposed to somebody explaining sexuality to them. Right, right. Kids are talking. I mean, not even well, but kids right. are using the, the words. Like, I mean, James was in preschool and came home and asked me what it meant to have white on his face because a kid in his class who was a, an African-American boy told him that he couldn't play with James because James had white on his face. And so, I mean, not a fun conversation to have. I do not envy that conversation with anybody. And I know that more often than not, that conversation is people of color explaining how to their kids, like 
how they need to advocate for themselves. Yeah. Um, but it was really weird because I was like trying to explain to my four year old why it was fine that he was white and he could play with whoever he wants. Like, right. If that kid doesn't want to play with you, that's really his problem and not your problem. So, right. and I mean, that kid is, my kid is also special needs. So I get that side of it too. Like, what is it? You know, why am I different? Yeah. So, right. All right. So, sorry, we are now 20 minutes in the episode, Molly, and have not fucking asked any questions okay story of our lives Gosh. we're done with the synapses though yeah <laughs> yeah man all right so my first question for you is this Han- hannah's world unravels as a spiral of events that escalates until her suicide do you agree with hannah's assessment that all of these are the most important reason reasons why she killed herself to hannah yes okay. i feel like from we hear her explanation for everything mm-hmm Obviously, Hannah was dealing with teenage hormones, which are rough, Mm -hmm. some sort of depression. Mm -hmm. Her parents are working full time and not really paying attention to her. Mm -hmm. I couldn't see where she is coming from. I'm not saying what she did was right. I'm not saying what these things were not awesome that happened to her. Mm -hmm. She definitely was struggling. But I can see how this math added up to her. Yeah. A hundred percent. Well, and I think let's just talk about the first event that she mentions in here. So the very first thing, a kid named Justin Foley, Mm -hmm. um, he is her first kiss and that magical moment of a first kiss. Right. So we can, I I mean, I can remember my first kiss. I don't know. Can you remember your first kiss? Yes. And you, you do dream about it for a while, right? You, you want it to be magical. And Hannah was a freshman when this happened. And I think, I was a freshman the first, my first kiss as well. So um, Justin Foley is her first kiss. She's had dreamed this whole situation out. And instead of it being a kiss and like, then they're together. um, He basically started a rumor that they did much more than kissing. And she was kind of labeled as a slut. Um, It was slut shaming. Freshman year. Yeah. Right. In her freshman year. So that's the first event. And then it spirals from there to where. um, Right. the, you know, basically she says that that label for her made the difference and made all of these other things happen, even right. though it seemed insignificant to Justin, um, that quote unquote locker room talk. Um, I don't know. I mean, I have a hard time with some of these things because I just feel like, um, like she's I, reaching I mean, a little bit. I, I, but I mean, I'm I've not been the one labeled that was in a slut her... in school. I've right. I get where she's coming from for, and I've been labeled a prude because I wouldn't kiss a boy in middle school. Like, yeah. The, but like, I think about some of the other people on this list. Like, for example, okay, um, uh, let's see, uh, Jessica is mad because her ex boyfriend, um, Alex put Hannah's ass, ass on yeah. ass and put Jessica's ass as worst ass of the freshman class. It has class. nothing to do with Hannah. Yeah. And I feel like Jessica being mad about that is kind of ridiculous. I mean, and that being one of the reasons why Hannah kills herself, but we do need to know a story of how Jessica connects to Hannah because later in the books, Jessica is raped by one of right. the characters. Um, and and she's, so we- it- it's traumatizing for Hannah because Hannah's in the closet. She's in the closet when it's happening. Um, So I think we do need to know, like at one time they were friends and they had this falling out, but it does seem a little bit far fetched. But it feels 
when life is stacking on top of you mm-hmm. and a person you thought was your best friend attacks mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. I can see how that could just become part of the structural yeah, problem in I your guess. brain. And then I think about her fifth reason was Courtney Crimson ditches her at a party and tells people that she, that she Courtney's had vibrators. Courtney's a human being. Yeah, like, she, we learned she's that like, later. She's, uh, what did we learn about her later? I'm forgetting. She was in the hot oh, tub. Oh, the hot tub. Yeah, at her. Oh, and right, she right, leaves right. her, right? right. Like, she, she knows how Bryce is. Like, and, every, like, Bryce is kind of, right. Yeah. Bryce has built this com- this uh, reputation as being very forceful with girls and um, sexually aggressive. Yeah, sexually, he rapes uh, he rapes Jessica and um, Courtney is in the hot tub with him. And when Hannah comes, she just kind of leaves. So because she doesn't want to be the victim, right. she literally was bolting. She was leaving Hannah as a sacrifice. Right. Yeah, but I don't know that in that moment. Hannah doesn't say no. She doesn't say that it was rape. She gave into it. Um, I think she was at her lowest and giving up on herself. So I'm not sure. And I feel like she was resigned to the fact that this was going to happen. I think she wanted an, another reason. Like I, she needed a final nail in the coffin for, you know, pardon the pun. She needed the final reason to be, I've given up completely on myself. I don't even care yeah. that this guy who is a rapist who I know raped somebody that I used to be friends with. I'm just going to let him do what he wants with me because I'm um, over it. I'm over life. I'm right. over this being. Yeah. That was her definitely giving up. Um, and that was actually how she lost her virginity. I mean, through this whole book, we have story after right. story after story of how people think that she's a slut or uh, very promiscuous. And she's still a virgin. And yeah. she's still a virgin. She hasn't done anything, but, uh, but Courtney ditches her at a party and I'm sort of like, okay, well that's lame. Um, and then, uh, let's see. Um, I but guess she that, does. Courtney, and then Clay. I, I feel like Clay's reason for being on there is kind of stupid, too. <laughs> but I, in some ways, I think, do you really want to read this story from the point of view of somebody who did one of the bad things? Like nasty? No, right. I think Not Clay's really. on there because Clay was a what if, mm-hmm. right? He was this possibility of something normal and real, and she was already spiraling. Right. So I don't think he's to blame. I think she wanted to explain and rationalize right. why things went the way they did with him. Well, and she says that he's included there because she wants to apologize to him. Right. Um, but I, I think what Clay struggles with with this whole entire book is... Hannah keeps saying things like, no one would help me. No one was there. No one would listen. And Clay's like, I was I right there. Like, I was right there. We you were making out of the party. Like, um, yeah. But, I mean, Clay also admits that the reason he didn't ask Hannah out, even though he had this huge crush on her, I mean, he went and worked at the same place as her because he had a crush on her. Right. The reason he didn't ask her out is because he believed the rumors. And right. he thought she was promiscuous and probably, like, way out of his league because of that. Because he was like, mm-hmm. he's going to be valedictorian of their class. Like he's right. the good boy. Um, I don't know. I mean, I can see how all these are connected. Some of them, I'm just kind of like, mm, really? But it, it, to get in the mind of a teenager, this feels like a lot. Yeah. This all is very overwhelming. Oh yeah. Especially with the teenage hormones and mm-hmm. the, the mild depression that comes with having, Right. The lady hormones just raging through your body. Yeah. Right. And um, we talked about uh, in the 
my sister's keeper episode, like their brain is so underdeveloped when they're teenagers yeah. that like you basically, even if you aren't dealing with a mental health crisis or uh, diagnosis, you still are a bit crazy because right. your brain is not you developed all the way. Right. It, yeah. It, you feel crazy. I feel right. insane, man. Oof. So uh, was there a, like a reason on her list that you felt was more or less relevant um, than the other ones? Like, was there one that you were like, really like, oh, that was, that was it for me? Um, I think her watching Jessica get raped was really bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one, not knowing what to do in that situation as a kid. Yeah. That has to be overwhelming. Two, you're watching somebody you care about be sexually assaulted. Right. You know, and she was inebriated. Mm-hmm. Right. She so was basically unconscious. Yeah. I'm a bad. Mm-hmm. And, and well, and, and her, Hannah herself was drunk. Right. That's why she was in the closet. I have thoughts on that, but keep going. I'll come back. I, I feel like that was the most, tr- that was a trigger point, I feel mm-hmm. like, for this whole thing. Right. And there is some form of PTSD in there for her. Right. And instead, like, she did eventually reach out to Mr. Porter, right? She talked right. to the teacher. And if she would have told Mr. Porter everything that happened, instead of being vague mm-hmm. and what she was struggling with or went to one of her parents and told them what she witnessed instead of being afraid of saying, yes, I was drunk at this party. Right. And I, I, I think things could have turned around for her, but in her mind, in that setting, in that situation, she felt that she had lost control. Right. And yeah, that, that drove the car off the road for her, I think. Right. And she blames herself for what happens to Jessica. Um, Can't blame her. Because she doesn't stop it. She also blames Justin because circling back to the beginning of the story, the person who spread the rumor about her, he actually goes in the room first with Jessica. And when Jessica doesn't respond, he kind of just leaves her there and he blocks the door. He's like trying to be the good guy, but then he lets his friend Bryce by knowing was gross, knowing that Bryce is going to rape her. Bryce, Bryce is also is like, I got to work tonight. So it'll be real quick. And he lets him in. And so, um, awful. I mean, obviously Bryce is the one to blame for raping Jessica, but But everybody there, everybody plays a part in that situation. Justin and Hannah could have stopped it. They really could have. Yeah. Um, and, uh, like, I want to talk about that, you you saying that she was really drunk. So, I don't think she really was that drunk. Maybe she was, like, drank really fast. And so, like, she felt like she was getting drunker over time. You know, like, if you drink really fast, mm-hmm. the drunkness catches up to you. Yeah. But she mentions that she only has, like, a one full cup of beer. And she doesn't even drink all of it before her and Clay start making out. And then right after they make out is when Jessica is raped. So I don't think she was that drunk. You like think she, it was just anxiety and panic? I think she, her in that situation. I think so. I think she was probably having an anxiety attack. Um, she stops mm-hmm. kissing Clay because she's like really panicking. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I think she's blaming she it. She has on, a panic attack. Yeah. I think she's blaming it on being drunk, but I think she was literally having an anxiety attack in like, I think probably her thought spiral in that closet was what if he then assaults me 
right? So I have to be quiet. I am I, dead. I, can't, I am a I can't, mouse. I can't do this because what if yeah. it happens to me? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I don't think that she was actually that drunk. Uh, the, the one that sticks out to me the most um, is the discussion with Mr. Porter. You brought him up. So he is their English teacher, but he's also the guidance counselor for Hannah's. Which, what the right. hell, school? Like, I mean, like, teachers don't have enough going on. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, that happens. A lot of people do extra jobs that are outside of their you know, what their actual license is for. Um, it doesn't benefit the students, but sometimes they can't find people who have the proper licensure or um, they don't, it. the school just... doesn't have the money to hire more people. Um, but it definitely, Mr. Porter was spread too thin. That's definitely happening. Um, yeah. But she goes to him and she actually, that's the only conversation that she records Two people. She records herself right. and Mr. Porter. So we actually God, hear, imagine the panic that man's going to hear when he finally hears that. Dick I know. I know. And he's the last one on the tape. So yeah. Um. So so she goes to him and basically tells him um, that she feels really done with life. And he starts asking the right questions because he starts, you know, saying, do you know what you're saying? That sounds really serious. Yeah. But like in those situations, um, there are several legal things that teachers have to do. We, we, um, in most states, including every state that I've taught in, we are required to report. Um, we have a legal obligation to report suspected. Yes. Yes. Suspected abuse, um, suspected substance abuse. Um, or if someone is, uh, suicidal, we have to report those things. Um, and so, he didn't get through all the questions that he needed to instead like what you need to know is number one are you thinking about killing yourself right there that results in a referral number two do you have a plan for how to kill yourself that results in a 48 hour hold in a psychiatric facility right if you have a plan to kill yourself which hannah did she didn't share that plan with him he didn't ask her though if, if you have a plan, he definitely yourself, should not have let her leave that room. He should not have let her leave that room. Um, you are automatically held on a 48 hour hold. The things that she said were enough that I feel if I were in that situation, I would have referred her. He's the guidance counselor. So like my referral would have been to him. Yeah. So as he is the guidance counselor, his referral now needs to be, um, well, you have to talk to the parents and there has to be a referral for a mental health a physician of some sort. Um, but instead he just tells her that she needs to move on. Right. Lovely. And I feel like, thanks. I feel like if I were him, I would blame myself for her death. And from what I'm remembering, doesn't he like, he disappears for like a week after he she dies. disappears. Like he disappears. Mm-hmm. Now, when everybody talks about that, when I first read this book, I assumed he had assaulted her because that is yeah. how teachers are written in books like this. Ugh, Which, yes. um, honestly, I think what he did and letting her mm-hmm. leave and is worse. I'm not saying right. assault's right. right. I'm just saying him letting her leave and not stopping her from leaving that room is just as bad or worse than him assaulting her. Right. In some ways, some of the story wasn't really hers to tell. I mean, I don't even know that Jessica realizes she was raped. And now she's listening to tapes where she hears that she was raped. 
Um, but Hannah was a witness to a crime. So that right. part is hers to tell. And this is all evidence now. Right. All what evidence. A shit show. Right. Um, but Mr. Porter letting her leave that room is a huge mistake. Agreed. He, he should have never done that. So I had a student, um, one of my freshmen who, and I'm not going to say what school because I've taught at a lot of schools and I don't want to put this person out there, but um, I had a student who tried to kill themselves at school. Mm. Um, it was so scary. And so like, I mean, honestly, I don't think I've ever be, huh? Yeah. I don't think I've ever been so panicked as a teacher before ever. Like I, it was really scary, very traumatizing. Um, he was put on a 48 hour psychiatric hold after that happened. And, um, and uh, was properly diagnosed and medicated. I don't really know where he is today because I don't have contact with him. Because I, you know, that's a very long time ago. But yeah. um, he was diagnosed as uh, bipolar disorder. And the thing is that a lot of people don't realize, but a lot of psychiatric diagnosis is diagnoses, um, diagnoses, <laughs> something like that. Um, <laughs> they manifest themselves between the ages of 15 and 25. Mm -hmm. So it's right in that point where our, our hormones and our brains are developing together. And like 25 is when your brain is fully developed. Um, And that is when a lot of that happens. So being that Mr. Porter is a teacher of teenagers, being that he should know the signs, he should have known better than to let her leave that room. So that one, that, that one sticks out the most for me because I, am an educator because I've educator, been yeah. in that position before. Um, I didn't see any signs of this kid beforehand. It just, he literally, um, but bipolar is, is like a light switch. Yeah, it, just- it can be, it can be absolutely. All right. So, um, so Marcus, Marcus. one of the, Marcus. one of the characters, Marcus, he suggests that Hannah was always going to kill herself. Um, and she was just needing reasons. What do you think about that? I think Marcus is victim blaming. I Fair enough. I don't disagree with him either, though. I think um, I think Hannah probably did have some anxiety and depression. Uh-huh. I think she just used these events in her life to rationalize what she did. Right. And I don't think, I don't think what Hannah did was right. Bringing these people down. But I also feel like she was telling the last of her truth. Yeah. In these tapes. Yeah. And I mean, there's some of these, like Jessica's rape. That was not her story to tell. Right. That was not her story to tell. And not only did she tell Jessica, she told everybody else on this list. At least 14 other people. Because the 13 people on the list, and then the one other person we'll talk about shortly. Right. And I just... I understand what he's saying, but I don't agree with it. Does that make sense? Yeah. He, He is victim blaming here. He is... Passing the buck so he does not feel guilty about his role and how he plays in it right. in this situation. I find it interesting that the people even pass these on. Like Marcus, for example, what he what he did to Hannah was he was matched up with her on some sort of like 
Valentine's dollar Valentine's yeah, yeah. I remember, date, whatever. I yeah. remember those things from when I was in school. You take the quiz and then you get matched with other people the opposite sex. We so didn't do that. Oh, we no. did. And let me tell you, the people who were on my list were always on point. They were always people that were like in my friend group and like nerds like me. And like, they were always on point. And then I ended up marrying somebody I met from matched. So apparently I was just set up for that for life, like whatever. But um, she was matched with him and she thinks that they're going on a date, but he thinks they were joking about the date. So she waits for him um, to show up at the date and he does come He's like an hour late. Right. And he, and he comes and it's very obvious that the reason that he came was he, she accuses him of not wanting to miss out on the opportunity to actually hook up with her if he could. Right. He, he they go into a, a booth in kind of the back of the restaurant where they are and he tries to grope her. Like he, you know, assaults her in the restaurant. Right. Um, and people are seeing this and ignoring it. And ignoring it. Right. Like, oh, well, that just is Hannah. What the That's fuck how is she- going on in this town? I don't know. I don't know. Who the Um, hell are these people raising these boys? So Marcus is the sixth reason on here. Um, We didn't say what number Clay is, but he's number nine. So he gets, he's now the ninth person to receive the 10th really, because there's another person we're going to talk about in a minute. But I mean, Jessica gets raped. She passes the tapes on. Um, Because I think she doesn't. Uh, Okay. So I think, so I, I, I can see Jessica's rationale. She doesn't want more people to know. No. So she'd rather Mm -hmm. these 13 people know. Yeah. Let's keep it contained. Yeah. Right. We've got Tyler down who is basically a peeping Tom who takes pictures. and gross. Hannah catches him masturbating outside her window while he's taking pictures of her and Courtney. Um, Seriously. What is going on in this town? Uh, This one isn't like doesn't seem like such a big deal sexually, but like, it's just a really stupid thing to do. Zach Dempsey stole her bag that had like compliments in it. Like that's just, yeah. Why? Like, that's just stupid. Um, and then Ryan, uh, published a secret private poem of hers. And those are all people that come before clay and they have felt like they need to pass it on. So, cause um, they don't want people knowing they're dirty. Right. So right. Let's, let's talk about that extra set of tapes for a minute. So there is a kid named Tony in the story and Clay actually steals his headphones and Walkman, um, which he, Tony doesn't complain about because he knows that he, what, knows, he why. knows what Clay is doing. So Tony actually, um, he has an old car with a tape deck in it. And so Hannah went to his house while she was in process of contemplating the suicide Let's just say she planned this out for a long time. She filmed these tapes. It's obvious that they weren't right. filmed in one day. Like she filmed them no. over a period of time. Rome was not built in a day. Yeah. Right. So she went to Tony's house to ask him if um, he had a tape recorder that she could use so she could borrow and she trades yeah. her bike for it. Um, and so Tony has some guilt because one of the first things they talk about and this we talked about looking, away. Yeah. looking for Alaska, people giving things away. So she was giving things away because she'd already resolved to kill herself at that point. Um, but Tony um, is the person that has received the extra set of tapes. What do you think about that responsibility that he has now? I don't know why Tony goes along with it. Yeah. Um, I could see... I mean, he feels guilty. He feels right. guilty that he didn't stop her himself. Right. But I feel like he, they're not really that close of friends. They're not. And 
it's not like she has some big secret on him. Right. It's like, I feel like he, and we don't know him very well. Right. But I feel like, obviously, he's a loyal person. Mm-hmm. And Hannah trusted him in this situation. Yeah. So I feel like he's like, all right, she trusted me in death. I need to do this one last thing for her. Yeah. I need to be there for Hannah when I wasn't before. It is and, pretty bold, though. I mean, right. I think about... um But, like, who the fuck is he going to give these extra tapes to? I know. To release it publicly. Right. Well, I mean, that would be a good place to start is the police because we do have a a rape in the story. But, but yeah. But, like, why doesn't he just do that? Like, I don't know. Um, But the last, like, I think it's really interesting. Teenagers never make sense, though. Like, their brains do not process things right. It's like how I felt about watching Pretty Little Liars. I was the whole time I was going, "Why the fuck aren't you going to the police? Like, why are you letting this person harass you and like practically murder you? Why? Because you- everybody thinks they're gonna get in trouble. That's so stupid. That's stupid. But that's uh, our grown-up domes being like, "We're good." <laughs> um. So Bryce is the not the final person to get these tapes. Mister Porter right. is, um, which. Again, going back to Mr. Porter, he has an obligation to report these things. So once he receives these tapes, like, it's all for nothing. Like, it's not going to be private anymore. He's got to report it. But Bryce is number 12. Do you think he'll pass them on knowing he's accused of rape on this tapes? Yes, because he does not think he did anything wrong. Bryce. Oh, good point. Bryce thinks he is invincible. When he walked into that room with Jessica, Mm -hmm. he goes, he doesn't even like he doesn't even feel he needs to rationalize what he's doing. Yeah. He literally tells what is it? Who is it that he Justin. Justin. He he's like, I'll be five minutes. Like yeah. it's not a big deal. Real quick. Like I gotta go to work anyway. Yeah. Like it's not a big deal. Like mm-hmm. he thinks he's invincible. Mm-hmm. And he's probably gotten away with shit his whole life. Yeah. And so Bryce will pass these on. Because yeah. he mm. thinks he will always and you know, honestly, he's gonna be like I heard he hears Mr. Porter's story and he's going to leave him for Porter and he's probably ballsy enough to hand him to him himself. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just be like, here. You, you go down with a ship, I go down with a ship sort of situation. Right. 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 I, I, I think that's just just his personality. And I, I, I think you're right. Um, I actually, you've changed my mind because I was going to say, there's no way this kid would turn these in. Right, this is, um, and this is Holy something. Holy crap, besties. <laughs> I know, because I was actually going to say, there's no way he would do that. Like, that's stupid. But I think you're right. Like, I think he's gotten away with it so much, though, that, like, other people, one of the other characters, Jenny Kurtz, um, tells Hannah, not Bryce. Like, he's on her dollar list as well. And she's like, not him. No. Not him. Like, well, and, and Clay has seen him be rough with women before, too. And so like this is something like- he's do- done. I feel like he's the kid that was pantsing other kids in middle school mm-hmm. and like, haha, look at so-and-so's dick, right? And like, mm-hmm. never got in trouble for it. Mm-hmm. And they always brushed it off as, boys will be boys. And they're just, oh, he's always, I do too. But I think he's always gotten away with shit. Mm-hmm. And that is why yeah. this isn't a big deal. I think you might be right. I think you might be right. He's probably used to the boys will be boys mentality and he's gotten away with it so far. I yeah. also think that he feels sort of like it's blackmail to Mr. Porter. Like, yeah, you're going to get fired if you turn these in. So you're not going to turn me in kind of thing. But I actually think 
that um, I think Mr. Porter will report this. I like, think we don't so see that. His, his guilt, mm-hmm. his guilt will overrun. I mm-hmm. think he will just be. I think he's still wrecked with guilt. I Even mean, if it meant that he was going to lose his job, I think that would be his chance to finally do right by Hannah. Right. And just be done with this. Yeah. Like the truth is out there now. Right. But I really don't understand why Tony Tony doesn't just like turn the tapes in himself. Like, I I mean, I I think he's a loyal guy because he didn't get mad at, he didn't get mad at freaking, um, at what is it? Alex, right? Wait, no, not Alex. Clay, he didn't get mad at Clay for stealing the Walkman. Right. He's just like, he's just like, bro, I know what's going on. I know what you're doing. It's fine. And like when he drove him around, he knew where he was in the tapes and he Uh drove him around and he stayed there and he was with him. I don't think he did that for everybody because not everybody was Clay. I think he's just a loyal person. Yeah. And he was like, this is, Hannah asked me to do one more thing. Right. And I can't undo what i did with her suicide but i can do this last thing for her right before she is hasta luego you know yeah i think you i think you've got it there um so i want to talk a little bit about the um netflix series okay so i've actually only seen the first season i don't think you've seen it right i haven't i watched the trailer when it first came out Mm -hmm. and then i rewatched it after we listened i listened to the audiobook but I just could tell by the trailer it wasn't going to hold up to the books. And I it, just it couldn't. And I couldn't, in my heart, I couldn't watch it. Yeah, it doesn't hold up to the books. Um, I watched it before I reread the book the second mm-hmm. time. I watched the first season. Um, and the fact that it's had more seasons is absolutely ridiculous because this book is very final. Like, this is the end of Hannah's story and that's the right. end. Um, but There's when no I, more secrets to have. Right. But when I was watching the series, I was like, I don't remember a lot of this. And so I reread the book and then I was like, oh, it's because none of that happened. So they actually stretch it out. So the other kids know that Clay, the, the kids that come before Clay know that he's listening to the tapes. Like they know that he's. Yeah. And I think they actually push Clay further down the list. So he's like 12 or something. Um and, uh, That's weird. And the last one is not Mr. Porter. It's actually Bryce. Mr. Porter comes after Clay. So Clay must be 11. Porter is 12. And then Bryce is 13. Um, and I don't know why they messed with that other than to say, well, they figured Bryce, like, I don't think Bryce wouldn't have turned this in, but to the next right. person. But, um, but the kids are really mad that Clay is still listening, that he's taking his time with it. Like, they just kind of want it to be done. Um, the kid, uh, Alex, is it Alex or Tyler? I think it's Tyler, actually, at the end of the first season, like, uh, tries to kill himself. Um, I mean, he's a peeping tummy. He's gross. And, right, and other people know about that now. Jessica's not doing well because people know that she was raped. Um Kate Walsh as is plays Hannah's mom and there's like a whole lot of stuff with her mom and Clay talking which never happens in the book but I love Kate Walsh like right love Kate I'll Walsh ta- and she's back of Grace I I'm so happy about that that makes I me literally happy. cried I was like I cried I had a moment and I'm like oh my god I got text April <laughs> yeah um, I hope it doesn't take away from her duties on the Umbrella Academy because she's brilliant oh, on that show not caught up on that show. 
oh, you need to. She's brilliant on it. Um, but like, there's a lot of conversations with uh, Hannah and Clay that happen that don't happen in the book. Um, it's very, I don't know. Um, the scene where you think Han- they just saw a moneymaker and they're like, we're just going to take the idea of this book and like run with it. Well, I mean, it's what happened with happens with a lot of adaptations. They buy the rights to the story. And if the author isn't attached to actually help with the screenplay, then it changes a lot because like essentially, even though that author has written the piece and like the original piece, they now own the idea of that piece and the title of that piece. They can do whatever mm-hmm. they want to it. Um, and so you get I, adaptations that are really not at all like the story. I will never do that. I mean, unless it's <laughs> lots of money, lots and lots of monies. I mean, it has to be lots of money. I mean, but that one of those links in the video, uh, one of those videos for John Green, like that's one of the things he talks about. Like it was double his yearly salary. Right. So, um, I mean, it's hard to say Dr. no to that. Deb Har- Deborah Harkness mm-hmm. kept switching who had like, didn't switch, but she waited and held out so she could have creative control. I like that. Not every author could do that, um, but I think that's really I cool mean, that she did. Um, she, has, she has enough monies. It's not like it was a monies thing. Yeah. Right? I mean, well, she also, works book writing. And- yeah, like book writing isn't her like career, you know? No. I no, mean, it's, it's just a pastime. Must yeah. be nice. It's a hobby that she's made so, so much money in. Since but we're the, speaking about authors, hang um, on one, one second. Sorry. I just want to say that um, I was very disappointed in the Netflix series. Um, I don't think it was a good depiction of the books. I the characters. I don't think the cast was great. Um, I really struggled with it, and that's why I haven't watched any of the subsequent seasons. It just focused, watched that first one. Um, they change the ages of the kids. Uh, the student who dies in the car accident um, that Jenny Klutz knocks over or Kurt. That wasn't a woman. It was a woman, right? Because no, it's, it's a it's a male student who dies in a car accident with an elderly man after Jenny driving. knocks driving, over right, right. after Jenny knocks sign. over the sign. Um, like that story is completely changed and it's Courtney Crimson that knocks over the sign, I think. And, um, the, the student who dies, it was like a whole year before they like changed the timeline a lot and it's like really messy. And, um, I was just not pleased with it. Also what, one of the things that really bothered me, um, the reason that, or the way that Hannah commits suicide in the book is that she takes pills. In the Netflix right. series, they show the young lady who plays Hannah Baker in a bathtub slit her wrists. It's very violent looking. It's very gory. Um, it is like they I was had to so have the uncomfortable. Drama. I was so uncomfortable. And they put a trigger they warning. They had to have the drama. They put a trigger warning, but of I course. Just... But... Ugh. It was not necessary. It was Sorry. gratuitous violence, no. and it was not necessary. So what were you going to say about authors? Okay, sorry. So since we were talking about authors, I want to talk about the author of this book, Jay yeah. Asher. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like he understands the female voice a lot more than other men that write. Like, yeah, Hannah using nail polish to write the numbers on the cassette tapes. Yeah. That is such a teenage girl thing to do. 100%. I, how many times have you painted things with nail polish as a teenage girl? Like, like my entire bed was painted with nail polish. Exactly. Not, like not an exaggeration. <laughs> like exactly. 
it, I mean, it, it stinks. It makes your brain hurt. But mm-hmm. we sit there with the bottle open and we, we paint do. everything with it. It, it, we do. it is just, I used to find rocks and paint them with nail polish. But that's yeah. beside the point. But I think this covers what it's like to be a teenager. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously not every teenager's life is like this. But I think he nails the female voice really well. Which yeah. we don't get a lot from male authors, right? They I, over-sexualize women. Yes. They like, it's just... And we, we talked about that with, like, looking for Alaska. Sometimes they make her the ideal, like, the girl that guys want her to be instead of right. a real girl. Um, I also think he does a very good job of blending Hannah's voice with Clay's voice. Because Clay yeah. is listening to Hannah's voice. And then we also get his internal monologue throughout this, too. Right. And I feel like that is a really tricky balance and he does it a is. great job with that so i agree um i want to say parents instead of like getting up in arms about this book read it with your kids yeah i think it is a great way to have a conversation about mental health it's a great way to talk about sexual assault and um life in general as a teen because it is hard on their domes and it's a great way to even start with like peer pressure and yeah. um yeah rumors like you just can't believe everything you hear about everybody in high school no. and we tend to i mean there were there were rumors about me going around and i was just like well that's not even remotely close to true like i don't understand that at all you know um Same. i mean there was a lot said about molly johnson back in the day <laughs> <laughs> um I think I just think that uh, teenagers they deal with so much insecurity that they take Agreed. it out on everyone else. And Agreed. if I convince other people to look this way, then they're not looking at me, and like that's what I really want. I need people to not be looking at me, you know? Right. And and I get that we we're all self conscious, but don't take others down. Like, no. don't take others down. Like, no, don't do it it's just but our self-destruction sometimes comes in different forms right like you talk about that in therapy right Right. self-destruction can look like um self-harm alcohol drug abuse Mm -hmm. uh being verbally abusive to others obviously overly sexual yes like there is and this is a really great way of showing that there's different ways of that form right. of destruction. She's just highlighting everybody's bullshit. Which, by the way, what town is this? I don't like, know. who are these parents? But this is like definitely a really, really small town. Like, they don't have any big box stores, which, like, the town no. where I live doesn't have any big box stores either. Um, it's very mom and pop. Like, uh, right, because her parents own a shoe store. They own a shoe store. Right. Like, I don't even know that there are privately owned shoe stores anymore. <laughs> I can't think of one. But I just, I don't know. Like, who are raising these boys that they think it's okay to peep and Tom, like, to assault and, like. Yeah. Like, but like you said, people get away with it because of boys will be boys. And that's, no. Boys will be human and stop fucking up and using their penises as excuses to do so. Right. Right. Because, you know, we don't. I don't know. Anyway, I don't want to go on a tirade. But <laughs> I'm mean, also not raising. I'm not raising the boy folks. I can't speak to it. Well, I am, and I'm not raising them to to believe that it's okay to do whatever they want because they're boys. And I've 
been very clear with my daughters that we uh, layer to dress how they feel comfortable, not mm-hmm. how other people's comfort level. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're uncomfortable with the way my kids are dressing and that is on you, not right. them. Right. And well, the clothing industry isn't really set up for girls to dress um, conservatively. If you compare like the shorts of the same size of girls and the same size of boys, the girls shorts are shorter. Right. Right. Like I took Piper to the girls section the other day and they had um, they were they were belly shirts. Mm hmm. She ain't comfortable. Like, she's not comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. And if your daughter is comfortable showing her midriff, I am happy for her. I am glad they have, but not a single t-shirt in mm-hmm. Piper's size range that is the 12 to 16 mm-hmm. is in a belly shirt. Right. Like, get your shit yeah. to Target. Yeah, it's a problem. Um, so I don't really have anything else to say about this episode. I don't, this we're episode. actually on the hour marker. I know, look at Which us is go. wild. So next, next week we start spooky season, gang. We're doing Ooh. Frankenstein next Frankenstein. week. Um, Mary Shelley. Mary Shelley. We're going to talk about, horror. um, is this one of the first gay icon novels? <laughs> what? <laughs> something for me to look forward to because i'm just like <laughs> that's not what i see when i read this book but okay same but i had a whole conversation and created when i was in my um bachelor's program about this and, and my and my whole conversation during my bachelor's program what with dr priya lipinski call me priya like i swear that's what she told us she told us that this book is erotic and it's very sexual in nature and i was like what the fuck I, I had a creative writing teacher who said that um, Mary Shelley is using Victor Frankenstein and the monster as him suppressing his sexuality. Well, Mary Shelley is a woman. Right. She and she's, she's married to Percy Shelley. Right. And we'll get into this. Anyways, we'll okay. get into this when we read the book. But preview, <laughs> preview of things to come. Right. All right. So thank you for joining us again. Don't forget, like, subscribe, share, all those things. Molly, right. I love you. I, I love, love you. This is good. You. Yes. Spooky season, folks. Starts next week. April Yay! is not looking forward to it. <laughs> Bye. Bye, everybody. Thank you for joining us on Book Besties. Don't forget to like and subscribe. The views discussed here are those of Molly and April, not those of anyone else. Today's book was 13 Reasons Why by Jay Asher. Your book besties are Molly Biggs and April Watkins. Editing by Thomas Watkins. And music is Sleep Sweetly by Prigida. Don't forget to follow Book Besties on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. If you'd like to contact the Book Besties, please email us at bookbestiespod at gmail.com. If you or someone you know is thinking about suicide, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255.